0: Snuff Production. It's time to get scrumptious with two sexy English muffins. It sounds
1: delicious and
0: it's adorable.
1: It's Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast.
2: Yes, a very, very happy Wednesday to you, and in particular, a very happy Wednesday to all those accountants out there celebrating the end of financial year. Matt, oh. you got your receipts in the 30th. I should buy something.
3: You gotta go buy something, mate. What can I- What can I buy? What do I need? A pizza uh, oven!
2: You need a pizza oven you talk about on podcasts making pasta a lot. So any sort of pasta maker, pizza maker, that's that's totally fine.
3: Mate, very, very excited. Yeah, look, um uh, yeah, shout out to all the uh, all the accountants out there partying hard. Probably in lockdown,
2: though. I mean, Queensland's going oh, into lockdown. Shout out to you wherever you are. NT, Queensland, parts of Townsville. Magnetic Island could be locked down. someone visited there. Um, so we hope wherever you are, you're abiding by the rules. Potentially you could be uh, under 40 years old and fun- finally got the green light to go get yourself that AstraZeneca. Good luck to you. Well, to your no, GP did you there. see...
3: Did you see that the the like, there's health boards saying like, no, we didn't agree to it. We didn't talk about this.
2: No, the prime minister announced it, mate. It's he came yeah, up. But... He did a late night press conference the other night and told us, and we're like, why didn't we start on this earlier? If you wanted to get it done, and <laughs> he was like, well, we never said, never banned it. You're allowed to if you want to just talk to your doctor. I saw someone on Twitter say that
3: they did talk to their doctor and their doctor was like, we have not heard any word of
2: this. (laughs) Well, We honestly don't know. Someone who is able to cut through the spin when it comes to politics is uh, Mark Humphreys. You may have seen him on the ABC. He's done plenty of stuff for SBS. He's hosted Pointless on Channel 10 as well. He's a very, very funny dude. And he's just released a book alongside Evan Williams called On Politics and Stuff. And I've been reading it and I have been laughing and I've also had a pit of despair open up in my heart because some of his takes... Uh, it's too accurate for mine. But he's about to chat to us in a moment, so maybe we'll cover a little bit of that as well as um, talking about Canberra excursions.
3: I might also regale you with a little story about when the mates have dogja. Uh So sit back, relax. This is Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast. Hope you're having a good one. Let's go. Here we go,
0: here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast.
2: Yes, Matt, let's kick off the show by chatting to a gentleman who knows politics and knows Questacon and the two go hand in hand, and that's why we've got him on to explain what's exactly going on right now and a little bit of how we got here. Mr. Mark Humphreys, TV personality, author. Good day. Oh, thank you so much for having me. A genuine thrill. Thank you, guys. No, thank you. I've been enjoying your work on 730 for for many, many months now and um you your strike rate is up up with Bradman when it comes to those, hey, um, my man. How do you how you. do yes. you keep how do you keep plucking these little um, these little elements of gold out of uh, well, what is usually an absolute train wreck?
4: <laughs> yes, well, much like Bradman, you know, I do deliver the, the occasional duck, but um, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, I mean, broadly speaking, because sometimes people say, "Oh, you know, it's like how can you top what's going on at the moment?" And, Fortunately, there are just there are enough characters um, in uh, in rotation that there's always something. So you know, Barnaby Joyce has been very good to me over the years. Uh, I haven't been very good to him. But
3: well, um, what about yesterday when you got dobbed in?
4: I love that someone, because, yeah, I I don't know, if I saw someone without a mask, I'm not a dobber. You're not probably, you don't strike me as dobbers. Oh, I dob. Oh, I would dob. Yeah, Yeah. I so
3: would dob. I I mean, (laughs) I would would give benefit of the doubt. I'd say, oh, Barnaby (laughs) probably has some sort of asthma. I'm not going to judge. (laughs)
4: No, that's it. The standard you
3: walk past is the standard you accept, Mark.
4: (laughs) So so I, I guess what I'm saying is that someone like me and perhaps Matt would give the benefit of the doubt. and uh, But because Barnaby, I think, is so loathed by a certain percentage of the population, all that is just out the window, just like, he's not wearing a mask, I'm going to get it. Um, so, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I want to know the story. I, I saw that, I think, Josh Butler, I think one at least one journalist has already said... If you're out there and you're the dobber, slide into my DMs. I want the story. So, um, yeah. Sorry, Hang on. Craig. Hang on. On. Is this, this is a walk-on. Here we go. Is, <laughs> what is Craig? It's this. Craig. It's Craig Wow, well, get, we're on. getting right. ambushed here by. We're come in and say the book's really good, Mark. Craig, I thought your days of I crashing press, press conferences were over. A very
3: good book. <laughs>
4: Alex, <laughs> says he, Alex says uh, he thought uh, your days of crashing press conferences were over. <laughs> this is what it's
5: come to now, I crash podcasts.
2: <laughs> go back and fix climate Craig change, Craig mate. Go back and here, fix Robert climate didn't, change.
4: Didn't they want you to go back and fix climate change. Thank you, Craig. <laughs> <laughs>
3: checks, checks in the mail. There you go.
4: That's, that's good stuff. Well, um, hey, uh,
3: Mark, oh, <laughs> I'm interested to know, I mean, you know, the, you you make fun of politicians consistently you make fun of politics consistently but what's your relationship like with some of these guys and girls do they do they love and hate you or do (laughs) they like is it tense when you come across a few of them that's an interesting question I'm
4: lucky enough that I've only met in the flesh people that seem okay with it so I met Tanya Plibersek once she seemed all right we had I had done one sketch which uh, yeah which had had a go at something she'd done but I think broadly speaking She's she's done all right. So she seemed okay. Barnaby Joyce, I'm told, does not like being called Barabbas Loins. I did <laughs> I did hear that from one member of the press gallery who well, for I some thought, reason decided to shout that at him. I thought that um, was
2: a uh, completely, you know, different character in any way. to someone, yeah, you know, no, fictional or no, otherwise, sure. was purely it's coincidental. Pure
4: coincidence. <laughs> but um, actually, no, that's right, because I remember early on, we did a sketch sending up Scott Morrison, and he, qu- he retweeted it. He, that's oh. right. It was early in his prime ministership, it was a video about his very stilted kind of Instagram and Facebook videos, and he, he quote tweeted and went, I uh, had, uh, had, a, had a good laugh, mate, love your work. And I was like, oh, oh Jesus. That's and not you the is like, it?
3: That's, no, he's exactly. really played felt,
4: you there. He, he got me, he got me, that's exactly it. <laughs> he effing got me. Because like, on one level you want to be like, oh, my God, the prime minister, but on the other level it's like, Satirist, if you liked it, I'm, I'm <laughs> sh-.
2: um,
4: and then Josh Frydenberg did the same thing. Uh, when I did one about him, I was like, F- I got a whole strategy,
3: yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and it's like yeah. someone bowling it, it's like someone bowling yeah. a cricket ball at you, and you just Catching it and then throwing it back and going, yeah, good ball. <laughs> Try it a bit faster, please. <laughs>
2: perfect,
4: perfect.
3: That's it.
2: Well, the book is equally wonderful, like your videos, uh, Mark. Uh, you've put it together in uh, alongside Evan Williams. It's called "On Politics and Stuff." Um, the only problem I found when reading it was <laughs> at my my laughter <laughs> was a bell it. curve, which went up and up and up, and then hit a point at which it's got into too much truth and I felt sad.
0: Like, no. like something like,
2: like page 16. Let's okay. go with this one. Um, At yeah. some point during their visit, Australian primary school students will attend question time. This is an invaluable opportunity for school children to see what bullying looks like in a professional context. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it just made, made me sigh and go... Oh, it's too true? You know what I mean?
4: Sorry. Yeah. Because I remember those school camps
2: (laughs) in year in year six, you go along, you sit there and they're yelling at each other and you go, This is and the teachers would have Told us off in class. Exactly. I remember thinking that's that. What,
3: what are you? And not, not oh. just yelling at each other; they're just being really snarky
4: and to rude each other as well. and calling like out, childish. not putting their
2: hand up, <laughs> not putting their hand up. That's
4: exactly it. Yeah, they're not sitting up straight. Um, they, uh, yeah, no, that's very interesting because, of course, you as the student are told now when you come in, you've got to be really quiet. I don't want to hear a word out of you. So you've got to be really respectful. Yeah. But meanwhile, it's you know the zoo downstairs, and they're just throwing <laughs> at each other. Um, yeah, and it's not even clever. Shit. I mean, that's the other thing as well. Like, At least when you, I mean, I don't want to be one of the people who goes, oh, those great Paul Keating mo- montages, but they are good, okay? <laughs> All right. so, but, you know, you go and watch that and it's just, it's witty and it's clever mm. and it's sharp and it's funny, but now they're, they're just jerks. Mm. You know, it's just a, its just a bunch of crap interspersed with Mr Speaker and it's, it's not good enough. But I think there was like a press conference where Daniel Andrews last year came out and said, I think he might have used the word sorry and it was like, what? Hang on. I'm sorry. <laughs> he, might, he might have said, I was wrong or I made a mistake. Oh, <laughs> like, holy shit, what's this? <laughs> guys the wrong job. But like that, I sort of I always feel like if if someone came out and said that, I really appreciate that. Mm. I think that shows great character. And it's fascinating to me that there's not more of that. And it's sort of shamelessness. So I'm getting all earnest now, but like the shamelessness seems to be the kind of modus operandi. And uh and that's terrible. So- there's a
2: distinct lack of shame. That is a big problem. Yeah, you need to it. be ashamed of when you stuff up or when you're caught in a lie or whatever. It's yeah. just, it's just you just talk until people forget about it.
4: Yes, and I'm not convinced that your sort of average, let's say, decent person has the kind of skin, to, either the skin to be able to put up with the slings and arrows or the shamelessness, which is a type of, you know, thick skin, I suppose, the shamelessness to just sort of, you know, to enrol with it. And you don't want those people.
2: When I ran for parliament, one of my one of my um, draft slogans was vote for Alex Dyson, said, I don't want to win, um, because I feel... That is a, the reason a lot of people yeah. want it because they want to be in power. They, they, want, want, they to want to be the bad. They want to, to be prime minister. So they want to be the member for thing and all the perks that come with with it, rather than helping people. And that's why we have leadership spills. And that's why we have all these sort of deals, is to try and win and beat the other party out, rather than actually take the um, the thing that is best for the country.
4: There's a fascinating guy in the Labor Party, and I swear I'll I'll come back to the comedy, but the. Uh, <laughs> But there's a guy, Andrew Lee, in the, in the, in the Federal Labor Party, he's a very interesting character. His whole philosophy is uh, evidence based policy, mm-hmm. to the point where he said that if a policy actually, if the evidence goes against his gut instinct, his gut feeling. If, if, if the evidence says something that contradicts his gut, he'll go with the evidence. I think that's such a rare quality. And he is uh, not factionally aligned within the Labor Party. So we'll, ne- we'll, never, be- we'll never have any power. Um, but, uh, but that's sort of a very interesting approach that he's taken. I think maybe we could do with a little bit more of that. But Matt, does there, there's a political life appeal to you at all? Is it something you've uh, considered? Oh, look, I'm going to, I'm going to
3: move back to Brisbane one day, probably uh, hit local council. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Really? You got
4: some uh, specific I- issues in the area that you'd like to address?
3: Nah, I just want to make sure that Toowong <laughs> keeps being the best suburb in Australia. Whoa, big call. I
4: think was, yeah. I think that attitude, yeah. I think that vibe works. I think
3: that. Yeah, <laughs> that's all. I mean, there's nothing. There's a, It's difficult to improve on in perfection, but I'll certainly <laughs> I mean,
2: make sure not, that I. You go to that guy with you. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, but- <laughs> Mark Humphreys, thank you very much for chatting to us. The book is on politics and stuff. Mark Humphreys and Evan Williams. It is smaller than you would anticipate most books <laughs> to be, which means that it fits in the know? back pocket of my jeans very, yeah. very nicely. Well, that's it.
3: If it was a big, if it was a big book about politics, I'd be like, nah. No, no way. get Straight <laughs> up, it. no way. But a little book, I'm like, yeah, I can yeah.
2: tackle this. Exactly. You
4: know? That's it. It's very accessible and portable, which is what I like about it as well. Um, thank you, guys. Thank you so much. And, um, and I'll just quickly, Matt, just as, as a father of I've got a two-year-old and a four-year-old, just sending you prayers, uh, <laughs> hoping that you're going all right. Uh, oh, your, mate, uh, don't one,
3: save man. it until lo- if lockdown closes childcare, then. Oh, that's <laughs> oh, the end. Man. Oh, man. we're done. We're so done. <laughs> it's <is> gonna, be, <laughs> so, I'm so gonna be in so much trouble, <laughs> but uh, until then, it's all uh, it's all good.
4: Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. All
2: the best. Coffee, yeah,
5: coffee. A
0: seventh coffee never hurt anyone. Oh, I feel a buzz.
3: Alex Dyson, I was thinking about my friends on the weekend.
2: It's good to think about your friends, isn't it?
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and we live in different states. You know, most the. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm talking about you know the lads,
2: lads, 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 lads. Oh, know? okay, you were you were reminiscent about the old Brizzy crew.
3: That's right. You know the, the boys, the
2: Indrapilly interlopers.
3: And I mean, we've got the we've got the group chat. We're always you know we're always talking on the group chat. Shout out oh, to man. Jimbo, cooked a very mean reverse sear ribeye on the weekend. Well, shout very out to all good. my
2: friends for not adding me to group chats because I tell you what. <laughs> Those notifications Uh, you got. And then I didn't realize you have to unclick save images to your own camera roll. And like I'm looking through my camera roll. I'm like, what the hell are these (laughs) rando memes popping up? I am
3: on a WhatsApp chat with my family in Ghana. Ah. Man, I cannot tell you some of the stuff that lands in my camera roll. I'm like, (laughs) what? Yeah, It is so like it's like stuff that I was not expecting to see at all. Yeah. There's there's ceremonies I was wasn't didn't know that I was supposed to be a part of. There's all of these really specific Ghanaian in jokes that <laughs> I do not understand, and yeah. people are just firing off laughing emojis and like everything. <laughs> I'm like I don't get it.
2: Yeah. So um, anyway, I'll, I'll keep out of the the group chats if that's alright. But you're you're in a in a mat.
3: Well, yeah. And I mean, look for the most part. There's something about being like a 35-year-old guy. The group chat's changed over the years. It used to be all roasts. right? You know what I mean? People,
2: you say something and everyone piles on everyone that person. Everyone just piles
3: on, just roasting hard. Now it's literally all roasts. Like people are <laughs> like, check out my roast. And everyone's like, wow, man, that looks delicious. Well done. Bet you and the girls would be loving that one this afternoon. Have a good one, fellas.
2: Like Enjoy. So... <laughs> joy, boys.
3: <laughs> but... um. But uh, it wasn't always like that because sometimes, you know, you think back to your mates and they just sometimes,
2: it just reminded me of when your mates just dogged you, right? It happens more than you'd think because, you know, when everyone turns, I think it's 16 is the the legal age in Australia, um, you do have to sign the document that says don't dog the boys. And so (laughs) (laughs) a surprising amount of people just don't take that contract seriously enough. No,
3: I know. So I am I was thinking about it, 2012, um, Melbourne Comedy Festival I just won Best Newcomer alongside Ronnie Chang. All right? So uh, my debut show, Being Black and Chicken and, well, it was Being Black and Chicken and Shit back then, now it's Chips, Being Black and uh, Chicken
2: and Chips. Again, the roast to roast. Back, the s- <laughs> back then, Matt, Matt O'Kind used to use the swear words.
3: I was fearless back then, <laughs> turns out. Department stores don't allow words like that on their
2: bookshelves. Turns out now he's scared of <laughs> Collins booksellers. <laughs> <laughs> Dimmicks could end me. Okay,
3: <laughs> so, um, so, so we go on tour after that, right? Not just uh, Ronnie. But you do the Melbourne International Comedy Festival roadshow where you do all the big stops. We went all around Queensland. Mm. All right, now I'm on a tour with uh, myself, Felicity Ward. Uh, oh. Kate McClellan, mm-hmm. who is one half of the uh, Kate and Kate, um, you know, get cracking. Harley Breen, who you might have previously heard on Today FM Breakfast, doing a bit of filling with Triple M Breakfast over the winter. Um, and an international comedian called Zoe Lyons. Mm. So we're touring around Queensland, going to places like Proserpine, Mount Isa, um, Sunshine Coast, Ipswich, Twombat.
2: How'd, anyway. how'd your sushi train material go down to Mount Isa? <laughs>
3: Um, I can't remember the Mount <laughs> Isa gig, actually. Oh, I tell you what. Well, I remember doing the Mount Isa gig and they were like, yeah, it's a little bit quiet tonight. Um, we we're in Mount Isa Town Hall. They're like, yeah, it's a little bit quiet. We're like, oh, I wonder why we haven't sold many tickets. And they were like, oh, look, Carl came through here two weeks
2: ago. Oh, Carl Barry. And, <laughs>
3: and, mate, Carl cleaned that place up. <laughs> Absolutely emptied those pockets, something chronic.
2: (laughs) Carl, the comedy (laughs) locust (laughs) baron, just gnawing every blade of grass down (laughs) to the (laughs) roots. Did a couple of town halls by himself, mind
3: you. And they're throwing we these <laughs> big names. Nothing worked. It's like Thanos. Guess throwing everyone at him. Not working. So anyway, we go to Brisbane. And, and look, it's a Brisbane powerhouse, you know. Um, the main room of the powerhouse is a really beautiful venue, an artistic hub in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I'm from Brizzy, Brizzy boy. <laughs> Got the group chat going, lads. I'm in town, part of this big show, something I'm very proud of. Melbourne International mm-hmm. Comedy Festival Road Show. Bill, I've been wanting to get on to for quite a while. We're playing the big room prison Do You want to come along? They're like, oh yeah, sign me up. So hit up, hit up the you know, the organizer of the tour, the tour manager, say, look, I've got some friends coming on. Can they come to the show? He's like, Yeah, no worries. Sorts them out with four tickets. Sold-out show, completely packed powerhouse.
2: You pulled some strings there. Four
3: freebies, right? Now, um I'm on first, doing my thing. It's going great. You know, people are enjoying it. Felicity Ward comes on, smashes it. It's going great. Half time comes around. Everyone goes out for interval. 20 minutes later, show gets starts back up and um, people are waiting for the crowd to settle. And they're like, oh, yeah, there's just a few people who haven't come in yet. And they're like, oh, we're going to have to go without them. So then the show starts second half. All the other comics are going out there. The MC, Harley Breen's like, oh, it's just a bit weird. You know, there's just... There's just four empty seats oh, right no. in the front middle here, like in this big sold-out room. <laughs> you just can't help but notice these four empty seats just right in the middle of the room. Yeah. So, of course, end of the show, we're doing the, you know, the wave. I'm looking around the room while, while we're doing the bow and curtain call. I'm like, can't see my mates. Yeah. Go out at the end. Buddy, how many empty pint glasses are around them? They're like, oh, yeah, we didn't think we'd come in and see the second half. We already saw you. Everyone in the show is like, "Why were there four tickets, four spare seats there?" The tour manager's like, "I could have sold those seats. Yeah, <laughs> I could have. We could have been making money from those seats." And my lousy ass mates are just sculling pints in the They're bar. They're leaving
2: empty seats and empty pints in their wake <laughs> as we go. Good me, Just made Matty. me think. Where was I? When? When have the boys dogged you? You know,
3: you try to do a nice thing. Hey, come and celebrate mm. one of my triumphs. Next thing you know, everyone's angry at you because you've created a buddy audience black hole in the middle of the, <laughs>
2: the middle of the theater. Yeah, well, let us know. <laughs> Can be any sort, any breed of doggin. Uh, you're welcome to get in touch with us about uh, hit us up on @alex. Order up. Just how you like it, perfect.
0: perfect. Keeping juicy goss from me? Do you know what's going on here? We know
2: what's going
5: on. You won't believe it. Real juicy. So let's just keep it on the down low, shall we?
0: Matt and Alex's insiders,
3: insiders. Yes, Alex Dyson. So often we're advised to, in this hectic way of life that we live, we're asked to stop and smell the roses. Mm. But
2: have you ever wondered who's selling
3: the roses and what's in it for
2: them? We're about to find out, but as a part of this segment where we uh, peek behind the curtain when it comes to various employments, and today we are talking to a florist, okay? They are anonymous, and they join us right now to uh, dish the dirt. Hello, anonymous.
1: Hey, guys, loving the puns. Thanks for that. Now, um... Well, flowers
2: grow in dirt, I guess. That's, I got it. I got it. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, now look, anonymous, we're all buds here. Um can we, I don't want to get too prickly. But what um what Okay, so this is terrible. Look, look, just tell us, let's start with some goss. All right. What's sort of, what's what's
1: the world of floristry like? Is it very cutthroat? Um it can be, but there's also a really nice community if you look hard enough that, you know, we all help each other out. And um, But there are some florists out there that can be quite competitive. Um, I don't want to say the word bitchy, but it can be a bit like that sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. But on the whole, I have found like a little community. It can be really isolating, especially for somebody like myself who works or myself. I don't really have a team, um, which a lot of events and wedding florists like Mm. myself do. So yeah, it can be a bit isolating. So it is nice when you find your little clique and your little, um, yeah, your buds, as you would say. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Um, but yeah, it can be a bit competitive sometimes.
3: Yeah. Okay. So when you say it can be a bit bitchy, what are some snarky things you'd say about another
1: florist? You'd probably more have a go at their arrangements, not so much them. so it's
2: go on more like derangements, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> what, what,
3: what, what would you what would you say about someone's arrangements? when what would you say? like are you talking about oh, the type of flowers, the colors, the yeah, patterns? what maybe
1: sometimes if you find out how much they're selling things for, you know, I mean, it is worth the money. I mean, there's no, it's. it's I think don't think florists make enough money mm-hmm. considering the time and effort. But it's more like, oh, what were they thinking, putting that combination of flower in? I know that sounds so. Horrible no, that no, that's <laughs> fine because
2: there's rules, like in fashion, you've got blue and green should never be seen. So, like, yeah. is there a thing in you know, um, flower arranging like lilies and roses? Um, stop being such poses. I don't know. <laughs>
1: Not that I know of. I've only been doing it for a couple of years. And okay. so maybe I'm not in, in like the gang level of right. flower puns, yeah. Okay, um, fair enough. But, but yeah, no, I, there are a couple of flowers that are a bit no-go. So I think things like, especially because I do weddings, so things like gerberas, baby's breath, There's, like, you know, a lot of the florists don't like using those two things, especially gerberas. They're sort of a bit of a no-no. Oh, what's wrong with them?
3: They're just a bit gross. Sorry <laughs> if anyone likes to Oh, remember. look, I'm Googling them now. They look quite pretty and, and colourful.
1: Yeah, they're a bit high school, so to have them. Oh. Do you know oh. what?
2: That makes so much
3: sense because if I had to choose flowers yeah. for something, I'd be like, yeah. those ones.
2: <laughs> oh, Matt, you're so, so basic. Um, anyway, Anonymous, where do you get your flowers from? Because I've driven past fields of, you know, canola, but I've never gone past a. Bloody tulip farm, and it'd take ages to come from Holland.
1: Where, where do you get all your flowers from? So, yeah, I don't go directly to Holland to get my tulips, but I do go to the flower market. So every major city will have a big flower market. So I get there um, pretty early in the morning. Sometimes you can go directly to the growers. Um, you know, if you've got a massive order, you can drive, drive directly to their farm. So some are local, but a lot of the flowers... in in my major city, um, are are, are imported as well. So, yeah, a lot of them come from overseas. Um, A lot of the roses you probably buy, um, some of them are locally grown, but a lot of them actually come from places like South America, Kenya. Yeah, yeah. And they're Mm. actually quite – they're a lot cheaper to grow over there, but then they actually get quite expensive to buy – to buy here. So yeah, it gets a little bit pricey. Do they get cut over there and
2: come or do they yeah, like lift yeah, them yeah, out of the dirt everything. and try and pot them? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. No, they cut everything. They're they're wrapped up and then they're shipped over to um to Australia. So oh How do they God. survive? I don't understand how that works.
3: So they put in water the whole time.
1: I guess so. And they freeze, they're like frozen, I guess, because they're all in courtrooms when you get them. So yeah, wow. so there's a lot of imports. Yeah, from Asia as well. We get a fair few imports from Asia. So it could um, be a bit spring. of a
2: carbon footprint on a on a couple of flowers yes. more than the Aussie grown.
1: Yeah, so that was a that's a bit of a discussion happening in the florist industry as well. Is what Ooh. is the what is the footprint? But mm. I don't think Australia has the um, capacity to grow the amount of flowers that we need. So it needs to be a bit of a balance between locally grown and and imports. I, I, that's my per- personal opinion. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, they last a lot longer. Like imports do last, at, you know, longer than locally grown. Um, so, yeah, for whatever reason, I don't want to think why, but I use, I use a bit of both. I try to use locally grown where possible, um, especially when, you know, floods are happening or fires or, you know, and you want to mm. sort of support the local growers as much as possible.
2: Yeah, I'm sure a lot of crops and everything would have been lost during those times. Yeah. How, how How is changes happening to the world affecting the, the flower growing industry?
1: Yeah, so last year, um, we everything was cancelled. Weddings, everything was, you know, because of COVID. Yeah. So yeah, the, the floristry industry copped a massive hit because we couldn't do events. We All of our weddings got postponed or cancelled that we were doing all of our events did. So yeah, Mother's Day, a lot of us did a lot of big Mother's Day, you know, deliveries because people weren't being able to visit their mum. So that was quite nice. But there was the flower markets were almost empty. There were no imports coming in. The locally grown stuff was really being still affected by the fires and the floods. So, yeah, it was, it was, it was there was tough. Not, yeah. So for a small, small little business like myself, I could not get my hands on one single rose for Mother's Day. It was, it was quite, yeah, which is normally the most prominent flower at the market. So, yeah, so it, it hit us. The, you know, floristry industry has been hit hard by COVID because, you know, once weddings get cancelled, you can't really, um... Yeah, I had a, I had a cancellation of a wedding like less like 36 hours before when covid first hit last year like I bought all the stock and everything mm. and then oh. So, yeah, we, I had all these flowers and about 1000 dollars flowers in wholesale cost anyway.
2: That's super but, rough. Um yeah, these, but so, wedi- weddings I guess coming back and you know, you know Brides and uh, grooms are renowned for being really reasonable and level-headed when it comes course, to yeah, their yeah, flowers. Yeah. But on, <laughs> is there the odd, the odd person who gets a little bit demanding when it comes to their arrangements?
1: The odd thorn in my side, you <laughs> would say. Very, <laughs> very well played, there, anonymous. <laughs> um, um, yes, yeah, bride fillers. They just every time I, I've dealt with a few. In my first year of starting my own business I just said yes to a lot of weddings but I've I've soon learned not to say you saw, I I have these tester questions now in my you know email responses back to them to sort of see how they respond to those questions to Tell me tell out. me what are some of the questions and what are some well, of the answers not, you look out for Not not some of the questions. just I sort of ask for a lot of detail because I want to know how open is this person and you sort of get a vibe by email so some of them will send me a Pinterest board with, you know, a floral arrangement of their wedding that, you know, might cost. I reckon close to some of them will be about ten to twenty thousand dollars, and I'll <laughs> quote them. they will quote them, you know, what I think it's worth, and they'll say, "Yeah, my budget is fifteen hundred dollars." Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah,
3: they Pinterest want champagne man. on a uh, on a passion pot budget. All right, <laughs> I understand. <laughs> okay, and then and so have I you can't. ever had anyone just blow up at you at the actual event? You know.
1: I've had a I've had a bride blow up um, at delivery of her bouquet saying it wasn't as big as the Pinterest photo she sent me and it had to be identical to this photo and that I have ruined her entire day, that she was so upset that (laughs) then she demanded that I go back home and get any leftover flowers that I had and come back and her bouquet (laughs) for her. Yeah, yeah. It's quite, it can be quite intense. It makes me sometimes think, why am I doing this? Um, Yeah, I mean it's their biggest, it is their big day and they've spent so much money. I got an inquiry from a bride go I'm getting married, you know, can I get a quote on the following? And I normally send a few questions saying, well, what sort of thing, what's the venue, um, just so I can get an idea of what are they looking for so mm-hmm. I can also go back and forth. What are the colour of the bridesmaids' dresses, you know, just so I can tee up, you know, will these flowers look good with these, this colour? And, you know, and she just wrote back, you don't need to know any of that, just give me the quote. <laughs> 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 Be worse at your job, please, <laughs> yeah. anonymous. And I just wrote back saying, "I'm sorry, I'm booked out that weekend. I just was not going to deal with it." And that's what I mean about sussing them out now. I just don't even, I don't even bother. Totally for sure. So, yeah, yeah. And another story that I, I didn't realize until afterwards. Maybe I'm really naive. Was I was delivering a bunch of flowers for um, a couple for their wedding, and I had the food open, and this guy comes past and he said, "Can I get your number?" And I said, um, "Yep." So I give him my, he goes, oh, he goes, do you do flowers? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I give him my business card. And then he, like out of the blue, I get this text message. Maybe this is not appropriate for the podcast, but I get this text message going, um, hey, you're the florist, right? And I said, yep. And he said, you know, do you remember me? You met me on Manly. And I was like, okay, yeah, vaguely. And he said, can you come and deliver some flowers to this hotel room? And I thought, oh, okay. And I said, who's it for? He just went. He said, I'll just bring the flowers to this hotel room. And then I (gasps) said to a friend and she's like, he was setting up a booty call for you. And I was like, no, he wasn't. Do you reckon... I don't know he didn't give me the name of the person or the card he didn't say anything and then he but, just went and I, and I said no sorry I, I'm like I can't do I, that today I was busy I and, don't deliver
2: uh, to hotel rooms <laughs> hotel hotel with rooms no to, reasons as, to as strange guys, people
1: yeah it was a bit sus as as you guys
2: were <laughs> that sus- is officially sus <laughs> as um, incredible
1: All right, Anonymous, what is an overrated flower and
2: what's an underrated flower?
1: Uh, overrated, in my opinion, is the lily. The so, lily? Again, yeah, if anyone likes them, I don't like lilies at all. Again, I feel they smell, they get the pollen everywhere. Yeah, um, that's interesting. The annoys me.
2: Woods is the goods against lilies like you. But I've had other yeah. girlfriends where it's like, oh, lilies, you've remembered. <laughs> Lily, I'm not. No,
3: I'm not into them either.
2: They look a bit they're, basic.
1: Yeah, they are a bit basic. They're like they're pretty cheap yeah. at the markets as well. right so. oh gerbera boy. <laughs>
2: Stick that in your little cup holder and your bloody Volkswagen Mini, <laughs> your Volkswagen Bug.
1: <laughs> I just remember the gerberas. We used to get them individually wrapped and hand them out at high school. All and- oh, <laughs> right, all <laughs>
2: right, all right. What What's a flower we should be looking out for that needs a bit more love, though, um, anonymous?
1: I love these ones called anemones and every time oh I God. use them people ask me what they are um they love them every time I anemones. use them. Anemones
3: right
2: oh, ah there and we is, go.
1: But they've got the darker center and then the really you can get them in different colors on the yes. outside.
2: They're really nice um they sort yeah, of they look a bit like poppies almost.
1: Yeah yeah they also often get confused for poppies people always ask me are they poppies and um yeah so they're quite underrated everyone loves peonies or peonies um they're really expensive, though, so people would underestimate. Mm. They don't realize that was another thing as well. People don't realize how expensive flowers can be, even wholesale. You do have so, to
2: grow them in soil and land
1: in a yeah, bunch of stuff. So I can time. imagine there's a, the overheads are a bit rough. Also, the time that spends. You know, I have to get up at 3:30, 4 a.m. to go to the markets a couple of days before the wedding, and then all the arranging. Oh, yeah, <laughs> got to get you got to pay for your labour. Indeed, yeah, absolutely, exactly. and your
3: expertise, your skill. Yeah. Thank you so much, Anonymous Florist. We appreciate, um, you know, the early mornings, and yeah, we're, we're glad that this conversation could bloom. We hope it doesn't <laughs> wither. Um, anyway, I'll stop peddling I like, these. I
1: like where these puns are stemming these Puns, <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. There we
3: go. All right. Oh my goodness Let's me. Let's nip this one in the bud and All get out. Off. All right, get thanks, Anonymous.
1: We'll catch Bye. you later. Bye.
2: Well, Matt, yesterday we had a little bit of a chat about a very unusual story of a lady in New Zealand who, um, after a COVID test, found a toy she'd stuck up her nose 30 years ago as a child, 37 30, years ago. Yeah, 37 years ago. Um, which was quite humorous. It then, I, I guess in a similar manner, dislodged a memory from your mind of a young <laughs> Madokine who had athlete's foot. Tinea, flaky feet for a year was too embarrassed to say anything, and so just lived with it. <laughs> lived with for twelve months,
3: seeping toes and oh, so itchy tissues woven in between my toes to ease the the pain. We, the had, discomfort.
2: A, we had a message um, just come through. Didn't need to say anything else. bronze it here. You remember getting that message, Bron? What did, what did the message say?
0: Just so disgusted by you, as am I. They said, Matthew, too much, bro, too much, ill, a million oh, ills.
2: You're a crook, mate. <laughs> uh, well, however, what?
3: it's just a, it's just a, an ailment <laughs> that I was. Yeah, so so that's the thing. I'm still getting shamed for it to this day.
4: <laughs> so of course, no, you didn't you're want to shame for
2: it. You get you're shamed for it because you didn't just <laughs> go, oh, my feet are feeling Is there anything that I could do about this? <laughs> There's the shame. Although. Literally the day that episode came out, I saw on read it today I effed up that someone had said today I effed up by seeing a friend's bare feet asking their skincare regimen and discovering that I'd had athlete's foot for more than 30 years and so this person literally just thought that's how feet were.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I feel slightly better at least yeah. uh, after this. It's a very funny read. It's too long for us to say now, but yeah, someone didn't realize that they'd had athlete's foot for 30 years and their feet were were
2: Scabber. Now, um, let's get to your stories, though, because we love getting your stories on the podcast. Let's go right now to the Gold Coast, where Victoria is joining us. G'day, Victoria.
0: Hi, how are you going? Really good, good thanks, thank you.
3: Victoria. Now, you left something
0: for a little long. Yeah, I did. Similar to your story, Matt, but uh, I, when I was about 12, one day I went to the bathroom, and while I was in there, noticed that, I had what I can only really describe as a bubble coming out of my body in the groin area. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, concerning. Um, okay, so we, we need
2: to put a squirmy warning on this as well. Yeah, what, do you mean like Sorry? a lump or a bubble? Like it a
0: like kind of both. So it was a lump, but it wasn't always there. Like it bubbled out when I went to the toilet. <laughs>
2: Like a blister or like a um, kid's no, clown bigger,
0: party bigger. bubble? So we're talking probably golf ball size.
3: Oh, my God. Okay. I mean, yeah. I'm nervous about what you're going to say. What, so what <laughs> yeah, happened? Well, I
0: mean, I, I was very nervous too. I obviously, you know, being 12 years old, my response was to push the bubble back in and say nothing to anybody okay. um, and just pretend it never happened. But it kept happening. Every time I went to the loo, it kept happening. Um, and I kept pushing that bad boy back in. <laughs>
3: Oh, was it a hernia?
0: <laughs> yeah, so I ended up after about six months, I was an absolute nervous wreck because it was getting bigger and I thought I was going to oh. die. So oh, my God. I, I burst into tears one day oh, thank and ran goodness. into burst my into tears. <laughs> thank yeah. you very much
2: <laughs> ran, for <clarifying> that, Victoria.
0: <laughs> ran, ran into my mum who was in her bedroom folding laundry and uh, managed to explain to her what was going on. And she looked at me and said, you've probably just got a hernia. And I I did. I was 12. I didn't know what that meant. But from her tone of voice, so I could tell it was nothing serious. And I was, in fact, an idiot. But, um, yeah. So.
2: <laughs> 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 and so
3: did you have a surgery to put it back in?
0: Yeah, I sure did, yep. Because
2: yep. that's the ad- abdominal linings, gets a tear in it or something like that, isn't yep, it, Victoria? Yep. Big old yeah. tear
0: in the muscle, yep, except mine was was very far, so it was an inguinal hernia, which is like right down between, like the joint between your belly and your leg. Kind
4: of, oh, right yeah. There. Okay. okay. Yeah,
3: I could imagine that that would, that would prompt some worries. But, yep. oh, Victoria, I'm so glad that
2: everything's okay.
0: Oh, yeah, me too. I was thrilled.
2: <laughs> 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 Indeed, Victoria. Well, thanks for letting us know. We appreciate it. No
0: worries. Thanks for the call.
2: And Kurt from Sydney is joining us as well. G'day, Kurt. G'day. How are you? Not too bad. Um, first and foremost, squirmy warning or no? Uh,
5: no, it's not too bad,
2: no. Okay, great. Go All ahead, right, mate. Great.
5: I was about five years old, sitting down for dinner with the family. I think we had lasagna, home-cooked lasagna. And then for some reason, I decided that one of the little bits of beef that I was obviously playing around with instead of eating needed to be shoved up my nostril. <laughs> so, oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Just like that, it is shoved, and not just like softly put up. It was it was launched up there and jabbed even further up there.
2: What is it? Oh what no! is the, the human being's instinct to do this? <laughs> like it has to be instinctual, well, look, doesn't it? There is
3: there is books. Like I've got a book Honestly. at home. Someone's someone gifted me. I can't remember exactly who, but it's a nurse and it's a first aid book about peas up the nose because apparently this is a very common thing. But what? I mean, Did it just is- smell so good that
2: you needed it really close? What, what it must was it? Have,
5: I, I guess that's a compliment to my mum's cooking. I don't know. <laughs> but whatever it was, she had to take me to multiple specialists and everything like that that next week to try to find someone that could get it out. And that I next week? You had rotting little meatballs in your nose for a <laughs> week? I think that was on the weekend. and It was close. So it, was, it would have been as soon as we could, but I guess it, it felt, I feel like it was a couple of days before we were able to get it out and I just remember the doctors being quite worried and saying something about it being past the bridge of my nose or something. So it, it definitely got up there. So,
2: you uh, madam, your son has a very delicate condition called beef snout. We are hoping to clear it out very, very uh, quickly. Mate, you should have done the nasal the douche. I
3: should. I mean, you yeah. know, I'm
2: all about that douche, right? Mate, you should. Just- <laughs> Madokai loves a neti pot. Oh, oh you can't get out. him to shut up about it. All right, thank you very much for that one, Kurt. No we'll catch you later. Thank you very much. Bye. And thank you for listening to All Day Breakfast today. Very, very fun hanging out and hearing uh, your stories. And also thank you to Mark Humphries for um, clarifying everything in the best way possible. I'm glad that politics in Australia is in such a good position that we can take it off into this bright, bright future.
3: Hey, don't forget to let us know when your friends have let you down as well. Keep in touch at matt.n.alex, and we will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.
1: That's it. The
0: all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got a story we need to hear? All the links are at mattandalex.com.au. Listener.